he's obviously working on looking for that snake mayhem. And Alex mistakes Switchblade for Condor. Really? And then he slams it into jet mode and goes and impressively just catches Condor on the on the roof of Thunderhawk. guards that were guarding this scepter trip over the plant and Rax gets away with it. And I was like, oh jeez. Okay. So these are their two best guards and they trip over a potted plant. Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, Mask Agents, to Maskcast number 20. We thank you for joining us. Uh, We're going to be talking about episode number 15 this week the scepter of regime and in this episode venom steals a mystical scepter from an indian city whose inhabitants hold the mask team hostage until it is returned matt tracker must work alone to get it back again we thank you for joining us my name is jason and as always i'm joined by my partner in crime the roscoe p coltrane to my boss hog wyatt how are you <laughs> I'm good, I'm good, hopper suit! <laughs> I knew you were going to come up with something. Oh, yeah, he's... Everybody knows that Duke's Hazard is probably one of my top favorite, if not the favorite, 80s shows. But uh, I love the car, but I'll be honest, I think I like the character of uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane the best out of the whole TV show. Just because he was a nutball that, you know, was, it was just hilarious. So... Yeah, it was always uh, funny when he was in hot pursuit of the Dukes. He was always worried about his dog, Flash. And right. He'd always have to come up with some kind of lame excuse why he wasn't able to catch up to the Dukes. <laughs> he'd always blame Enos or Cletus or the dog or <laughs> something other than always, himself. Always, right, always somebody else. <laughs> I know you've been busy this week. I actually uh, I posted up a little bit about our trip to hazard county over on rediscover the 80s um one of the posts this week was uh, like if you're going to take a pop culture landmark vacation where you're going to, to find uh landmarks around the u.s and uh, the first stop from where i'm at montgomery would be over to covington georgia where they had uh you know they they filmed the dukes and we went over there i guess it's been what almost two years now yeah and got to tramps around and find, uh, we found the uh, boar's nest and uh, we took some pictures of the courthouse and the, the square, right. the big uh, turnabout. I was waiting for the General Lee to come around the corner followed by some cop cars when we were there. That was, it was awesome to be there. Right, and then we got to see uh, the Oxford University where they, uh, where they did the jump and then they did the 25th anniversary jump. Yeah. It's, it cycled through 
uh, YouTube channels a few times, and I have a copy of it, but uh, it's still neat. In fact, uh, we even looked at some scrapes on the asphalt, and uh, we can't be 100% sure, but we're pretty confident those scrapes are coming from the the uh, replica generally that they launched and then let it collide really with the uh, with the asphalt there. But, yeah, that was real real neat. So I included that on my journey. You'll have to check that out when you uh, you get some time. We appreciate everybody sticking with us. You know, we usually release these on Fridays and why it's been busy. I've been kind of busy. We haven't been able to uh, record during our normal time, but we're back in the saddle and we had some I got some good news from last month. We broke the monthly record again for page views over on the blog. We had over 4400. That beat it by just about 100. And uh we changed over the comments to this new uh discuss program. Uh, hopefully that'll be a little more friendly to everybody that wants to leave comments on the show. And uh all your old comments will be saved. I believe it was imported over, but are you ready to go to India, my friend? I am ready to start the Mascast. <sighs> no use, T-Bob. You just don't look like a real tiger. Too bad you didn't put one in my tank before we left. Oh, T-Bob. So we fade in on a peaceful setting in the country of India. Then we peer into the hotel room of the trackers with T-Bob crawling around, acting like a tiger and roaring, which I thought was kind of uh, a little off. But, you know, it's always off with T-Bob. And probably more off was the fact that he was wearing pajamas. Yeah, that didn't. But, you know, he's an emotional robot. We've learned that. So I guess he felt that he needed to have PJs. But in any event, we see Scott is bored, and, you know, he isn't impressed with T-Bob's impression. And I love here where they kind of let loose a little bit of an Exxon reference, uh, the old commercials. You know, he says, too bad you didn't put one in my tank before you left. He's talking about a tiger in his tank. That was an old Exxon commercial. Of course, Scott is disappointed in not finding any tigers on their little journey and conveys his his uh, lack of appreciation with Matt as he's obviously working on looking for that snake mayhem. Did you say snake? Oh! Oh. Are you all right? Uh-oh. According to my computer, mayhem is in this area. As he's complaining, then T-Bob, he kind of trips over his PJs, and his top pops off, and uh, he kind of spills his uh, circuitry there. About that time, Matt's working on his little laptop and says uh, he's located Venom in the area. So they're ready to go to bed. After that, he takes off his mask watch, which I thought was interesting that he would you know, take it off, but I guess if you're Matt Tracker, you really don't need the watch. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) The other agents are the ones that, you know, you usually see them needed on as kind of the alarm or whatever when they are called in, but they all go to bed and uh, mysteriously wake up in the middle of the night from these lights glowing. Dad, come here, quick! T-Bob is glowing like a light bulb! So is my watch. What's going on? 
and they see this kind of uh, light kind of beaming through the shutters there of the room. And here's where we find out that uh, it, it's it's called a regime borealis. Beautiful. Right on time, just like you said, Chief. <laughs> the regime borealis is always on time. Unlike others, I know. Shopping, Vanessa? It's more exciting than a silent fireworks show. That was pretty comical, referencing that she had been, I think, shopping. And uh, Mayhem, he then says... Uh, He's waiting for some noise. He didn't really doesn't really go into much detail there uh, about this noise after he makes the shopping joke. But we cut back to T. Bob and Scott, and Scott is repairing him. Um, he says his T. Bob's power was drained from this light show, and I guess we find out that it's or it's implied that it's somewhere near the Tiger Preserve. Right, and that's where the source of this. Regime Borealis is coming from, and of course Matt, you know it's he it's it's funny, but again I guess it's the, the cartoon in it. But uh, you know Matt suspects it's some form of radiation, so he wants to go investigate, and of course Scott is so eager to go, but Matt insists that he stay back at the hotel and continue to work on T Bob, and then Matt uses a local guide to explore the area. And as Matt and the guide are walking through this jungle, the guide points out that there is a part of the jungle that no one returns from. And of course, Matt, you know, he, he's just curious as all heck. Hmm. What's over there? Legend tells of a hidden lost city, Sahib, and the scepter of Rajim. Scepter of Rajim? Where did they go? Lost cities, lost guides. What's next? Huh? Of course, they left his laptop, you know, just generously laying there on the ground for him. Yeah, good thing they didn't steal that. Yeah, that's very important. <laughs> well, about the time he starts going towards the preserve farther, after they leave, he starts getting some laser fire from Switchblade. And... uh we cut to Miles inside a switchblade, and he spills his plan to find this lost city and the scepter. Uh, we still haven't really revealed yet what the scepter does, but uh, he tries to fire again, and then the lasers aren't working in switchblade. And after circling around a couple times, he says, "I got to go in for repairs or something," and uh, and leaves the area. And then Matt uses the laptop. He goes condition red. I guess this is the highest level of uh, mask uh, awareness or whatever. Right. I hadn't heard that before, but uh, he issues the call up. And we get three agents this time. We have Bruce, who is playing baseball with his robots. I thought that was uh, kind of comical. And then uh, we cut to Alex. He's in his store. He's trying to catch the spider with a box and a string trying to trap it. He leaves, and the trap ends up getting the spider after he leaves. And then we have uh, Brad, who is uh, giving a guitar lesson and just pretty much leaves during the middle of the lesson, leaving his students kind of dumbfounded. Right, and I almost uh, thought this was a Millie Vanilli incident because I, you see him fade in on that record, 
record player. Yeah. So I'm thinking he was, you know, Millie Vanilli in it, but it <laughs> ended up being that he quit playing, so he left. So maybe that was an actual record recorder. I don't know. Well, I, th- I think it was just like a background track of uh, the music, and he was strumming along with it, um, and he just cut it off and left. At least that's what I took it. I don't, I don't think Brad's a poser. I think, <laughs> I think he's a, a legit rock star. <laughs> so anyway, they cut to the, right to the platform. We don't get any uh, setup at all in Boulder Hill, where they're raising up to the uh, mask room. Alex is the one that initiates the uh, energizing sequence this time, and then as soon as they energize, we're right back to India. And I really liked this point when we get back to India, there's like this military theme. What kind of animal did you say made those tracks? One with two legs. Mayhem. You know, we've talked a little bit before about how good the music is in this, and it really kind of makes this cartoon even better for us. But, uh... I really like that military theme that they played right there. Right, I agree. Now they're back at the jungle. We see the team coming up to a fork in the road. Matt takes the left. Reynold takes the right. And Brad sings. And I'll get to Scotland before you. While taking to the air. I actually stopped and went to Google to uh, check out the song that he was singing. Because I was like, I'll get to Scotland before you. And it's, it's in a Scottish song called Bonnie Banks O'Loch Lomond. Say that three times. Not me. And, uh, <laughs> our literal is uh, You Take the High Road. And uh, that's the part of the song, You Take the High Road, I Take the Low Road, and I'll be in Scotland before you. That's cool. That's actually good. I didn't think to even look it up. I'm thinking, oh, this is something <laughs> they made up on the show. That's why I looked it up, just to see if they made it up or if it was something else, but... So Brad gives uh, Matt the all-clear. He takes off into the sky as the Rhino and Thunderhawk split. But then we cut to Jackhammer. They're standing guard with Dagger in the driver and uh, Vanessa in the passenger seat. And Brad warns Matt as Thunderhawk approaches. Jackhammer starts firing at Thunderhawk. And then we cut back to Rhino. And Alex mistakes Switchblade for Condor. Really? It's a bit quiet. Too quiet. Brad? I thought he was following Matt. That's not Brad. It's Switchblade. Really? Yeah, I know. I, I kind of thought that was a little odd for him. You would think that he would recognize Condor. Yeah. Well, it, you'd think they would make a different sound or something, but I, I don't know. I guess he was just off his game that day. But uh, we cut right back to Jackhammer. Vanessa has Condor in her sights. She's up on in the turret of uh, Jackhammer now. And then Danger, he guns it, leaving her, you know, griping at him for moving because she had Condor in her sights. And Dagger's like, I'm going after bigger things. And he's going <laughs> after Thunderhawk. Here was an interesting scene I thought was really good where Matt fires his laser at Jackhammer. It ricochets off and ends up hitting Condor up in the sky. Right, and then he slams it into jet mode and goes and impressively just catches Condor on the on the roof of Thunderhawk. I actually was still impressed. You know, they continued to improve the animation, and they did it again with Thunderhawk's transformation. They keep acing themselves, which is good. 
But uh, yeah, Matt, Matt and Brad end up ditching Condor, and you hear old Thunderhawk peel out with Dagger Radio and Rax. Jackhammer to Piranha. Mass heading in your direction. Right on target, Jackhammer. Old Rax is actually a little bit brighter in his reply saying, right on target, Jackhammer. Which I thought was kind of funny. You know, he's right on target, and then he kind of just goes back to his old self. He's in Piranha. He gets close, and he tries to fire. His lasers aren't working. Then Thunderhawk, with Jackhammer chasing Thunderhawk, and Piranha kind of playing a little game of chicken with him, Thunderhawk takes into the sky, and then we have Jackhammer and Piranha on this collision course, and they end up crashing. Poor Rax, he goes flying again through the air right. and uh, wraps himself around a tree and slides down and we see Vanessa hanging from a tree and Dagger, he's oh get you or something, I can't remember what he says but I really wish they would have uh, shown the crash they didn't show it, it's more implied here and there's no real sound effect right. of the crash so we don't know if they actually collided or if Piranha just peeled out into the bushes and <laughs> Rax went flying again. But, but you think with all the wrecks that Rax has had by now in Piranha, he chooses a safer vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> or wear a seatbelt. <laughs> yeah. So we're back at Switchblade, and we see him launching missiles, causing a rock slide, which ends up pummeling poor Rhino, and it ends up forcing Alex and Bruce out of the cockpit. And then, you know, Bruce is trying to make light of it by saying, this isn't my idea of rock and roll. And, uh, well, he should have used the battering ram. I, Come on. I know. <laughs> Every other time we've had this, I mean, there's been at least two or three times where they, you know, they always shoot the laser up at the hillside, the rocks come down, and then they use Rhino's battering ram grill right. to get through it. But they didn't use it this time. It would have been cool if they would have said, oh, it's not working or something, and that's why they get trapped. Right. But they didn't really do that. Exactly. But then he tries to use Lifter, and now Lifter doesn't even work. So... Miles continues to blast missiles at the both of them. And they end up heading into a cave. And, of course, that was kind of a mistake. But Miles states, so right. Mask has taken up... I'm sorry, let me say that again. So Miles states, so Mask has taken up cave exploring. Why not permanently? So he yeah. shoots out a missile. And, of course, it causes a rock slide. Seals them in. And then we're here for the dramatic commercial. Right. <laughs> And we're right back to the cave entrance uh, right after the commercial break. Matt and Brad show up in Thunderhawk looking for Alex and Bruce. Mayhem, he makes another pass, but he's out of missiles, I think he said. Yeah. And uh, Brad, he finds something of Bruce's. I don't know what it was. It looked like a piece of cloth or something. Did you get what that was? That's exactly what I saw. It was just a patch of cloth, so I don't know if he tore his pants or what it was. (laughs) It was just kind of, you know, oh, this is Bruce's. And, okay. But uh, it leads him, and he finds this little crawl space there. Hey, it looks like daylight in here. This tunnel is crawling with low-level radioactivity. I don't like the looks of this. Matt, on his watch, he says he shows a little low-level radioactivity, which I thought was cool. I mean, you can, you got a watch that, you know, can check radioactivity. Um, yeah, it's better than what I thought it was. I thought all the that thing was was just a glorified beeper. <laughs> right. And then we got uh, Venom 
finally showing back up at the uh, tunnel entrance, and Miles strangely orders Rax to blow the tunnel. Yeah. Did you get that? I didn't understand why, because, you know, what are those little darts that shoot out of stiletto going to do to the tunnel? <laughs> exactly. He has that viper mask, which we, we've kind of assumed that it's like acid or something that comes out of it. So yeah. You'd think, oh, he just wipe it out and be done. But uh, nonetheless, you know, Rax comes up and it malfunctions. So Vanessa cleverly just happens to have a grenade that she just happened to buy from some stand. From her shopping trip, yeah. that's what she was, uh, <laughs> she was getting at. Hey, it doesn't work. Try this. Something I bought on a little shopping trip. Then they start walking in. We flip right back to Matt and Brad. Wow, an underground city. Where are we, Matt? The lost city of Rajiv. They come upon the, the mouth opening. Like a, of a big, huge statue, and they now look at this lost city of regime. As they walk through the city, they're looking a bit out of place, and they should be. They they're wearing masks and flight suits, and you have other guys wearing like togas and such. <laughs> but uh, they find that the city itself has no radioactivity. Yes, and as these tigers are kind of leading them through the city, they lead them to. Alex and Bruce. Alex, Bruce, are you all right? The best of health for the moment. What is this place? You have found a lost city that was never really lost. Come on, Bruce, translate. What Bruce means is that the people in the lost city of regime choose to lose themselves here. This hidden society has existed for hundreds of years. He explains how the scepter has this unknown element that neutralizes radioactivity and they can pass the scepter across pretty much anything, food or whatever, and it, it neutralizes it. Right. But uh, I was wondering how they got down from that statue mouth. They, they're like at the mouth of this huge statue overlooking the city. How did they get down from there? Yeah, because you know... I don't know. These are just the stupid things that I think of well, you know, and watching I, these episodes now. I thought about that too, but I didn't put any thought on it because it flipped right to them walking in town, so yeah, right. I kind of got distracted, which was probably the intent, because one, Spectrum Hand Glider is not going to work, Lifter isn't working, so yeah, uh, they just yell cannonball and hope for the best, or what? Well, it, I guess maybe it could have been working in the city if there is no radioactivity there. Right. But uh, anyway, so Venom, they finally get through the tunnel, and they show up on the scene, and Miles, he finally explains what he's going to do with the scepter here. With that scepter, I can steal the world's greatest treasures by neutralizing the radioactive elements in their security systems. All computer surveillance equipment will be useless against me. I gathered that whatever he uses the scepter for, whatever he touches, like if he goes up to a missile or, or electronics or something, basically it's going to cut the power out of it. So he now he's going to be the most invincible villain of, of all time. After that, you know, you got me how he's going to, how the scepter... We'll do that. It just seemed, yeah, it just seemed like the scepter was either it was supposed to take away the the radioactivity or whatever in this in the mechanical stuff, but uh, so I guess it would mean that he could you know neutralize these you know surveillance equipment. I don't know. It just seemed like that you know that's the best they could do right <laughs> with this you know anyway. So uh, 
Rax, he uh, slyly, pun intended, uh, sneaks up and steals this uh, scepter. And he trips over this, like, potted plant on his way out. Or he he bumps it, and the plant falls, and the, the (laughs) the two guards that were guarding this scepter trip over the plant. And Rax gets away with it. And I was like, oh, jeez. Right. Okay. So these are their two best guards, and they trip over a potted plant before they can get this guy. Right. Anyway, so after Rax's thievery, we cut back to Alex as he's explaining they can't leave just yet because the people will fear they'll reveal their secrets. And just as he's trying to explain that, this guard approaches and tells that masked men stole the scepter and, of course, Mask wants to try to go after Venom, but the king, I guess, tells them that only Matt can go. You must let us go. Only my friends and I can return the scepter to you. Not your friends. You alone. If you don't return, your friends will die. Uh, right. After and I, I thought it was really interesting here, you know, that they're... They want to respect their privacy. You know, all uh, we've explained all along that Venom doesn't know who Mask really is. And it's even more uh, intriguing that, you know, we've noticed that they really take their masks off and reveal their, their, their themselves. And they thought about it. Brad even thought about it just to, you know, to show that they're sincere or not. They're not yeah. going to tell anybody. So, yeah, I like that they're not revealing their true identity in this i agree that was kind of a cool point there that you know they have they have taken them off for some people but for some reason there's you know they keep them on during certain episodes they don't want to reveal themselves but uh so this king he he tells matt you better return the scepter your friends are gonna die i thought that was kind of a nice little piece of drama to add to the the cartoon drama and incentive. You better get the job done right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Matt, he really doesn't say anything. He just kind of nods in agreement. Right. And then uh, they cut to him. He's uh, already back in Thunderhawk, going after Venom, with his weapons not still not working, and realizes that Venom has their weapons now working since they have the scepter. Uh, and he just sits, he just sits there and says, uh, "Solemn, oh boy." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And then they cut the venom, and they're you know Scott, they're home free. They're ready to head back to base with uh, the scepter and do whatever they were going to do with it. But they decide to stay and get Thunderhawk and uh, Piranha and Jackhammer. They do like a 180 in the in the road, and they're just sitting there waiting for uh, Thunderhawk. And this is where we have the uh, the first real kind of reveal of how the uh, the turret works and how you get up into the turret and jackhammer. Right. I thought that was really cool. That shows Vanessa. She's in the passenger seat. The chair kind of rolls backwards and it kind of launches her really up into the turret. It was pretty cool. Right. I like that. And I like that they revealed that. Like you said, it was mm-hmm. nice to see it. And then you, so we're back to the action. You see Matt joking that he's come upon the welcoming committee right. and uh, shifts old Thunderhawk into jet mode again. Miles seems anxious to personally take out Matt and changes Switchblade into jet mode as well. And then as Switchblade is shooting at Thunderhawk, Matt comes uh, comes up with a way to use Venom's weapons against them. 
gotta be a way to use Venom's weapons against them. And I think I know how. Miles has the ground units, is what I've been calling them now, uh, attempt to take out Matt, while Matt attempts you know, to fly low enough, baiting Switchblade along, uh, and then as Jackhammer and Rax are shooting up, you know, up in the air, we see that uh, Matt just kills the engines off of Thunderhawk, which I thought was kind of weird because it looks like he slams the, it looks like the gas pedal is what he slams, but he slams the gas pedal, the rear bumper actually closes up on the jet engines, which you know sends old uh, Thunderhawk sinking. And then all this, all the shoot and fire that's coming up from uh, Jackhammer and Piranha now ends up hitting Switchblade, making it spin out of control. Fools, you hit me! Ah, the scepter! Gotcha! In this uh, chaotic mess, Miles ends up losing the scepter in the process, and Matt just so happenly you know, is positioned just the way that he can catch it in his hand. It was lucky that they, you know, took out the windshield and switchblade to leave that conveniently open for him to drop. <laughs> exactly. And then you see that Matt, you know, in doing this acrobatic catch that he did, takes out a treetop. Yeah. Uh, I thought for sure we'd see, you know, Thunderhawk, like, crash, and he's like, uh, uh, Bruce, help me. But uh, <laughs> in any event, you see Miles finally regains control of uh, switchblade, and uh, they kind of licked their wounds. What now, Mayhem? Back to the lost city? No. I never did like cats who weren't housebroken. Back to base for repairs. You know, he always backs out on yeah. something. When he could have went after Matt somehow, but he, like, chickens out. You know, screw it, let's go home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was, uh, I like Vanessa's, they they really revealed Vanessa's personality in this one. And it just shows that she she wants to go back. She wants to you know, put the hammer down on these guys. Oh, yeah. Mayhem's the one that, that backs off. But uh, Matt returns back with the scepter, and he tells uh, the people, the people who took the scepter will never dare come back. Yeah, because it was so difficult to get there in the first place, you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> I know. I and it was so hard, you know, to take the scepter. But uh, so the king allows them to leave, and Matt assures them that the secret is safe. But, of course, Venom knows about it, so maybe it's not so safe. Um, and then we cut back to the hotel. Gee, Dad, we have to go home today? I'm afraid so, son. My business is finished here. Oh, couldn't we stay long enough to see the tigers? Not tigers. No tigers, sorry. Yeah, but, you know, and it's such a short little clip, he's like, he doesn't explain to Scott why he doesn't want to see any tigers. Right. And that takes us into the PSA where we have uh, Scott and T-Bob playing tennis. Forty love, T-Bob. How can you love anything that's so tiring? Come on, T-Bob. Let's get you a cool drink in the tool shed. Of all places to get <laughs> a, a drink with, from a bottle that's not marked. And Matt comes in and warns Scott about Never drink anything that's not marked. It could be poison. But I don't know. Why did T-Bob need a drink in the first place? They should have kind of reversed that, you know, where 
maybe Scott needed a drink and T-Bob went to the tool shed or something. You know, I don't yeah, know. it should have been like that. But in any event, they still made it uh, kind of comical out of EC T-Bob, like spewing out the, the fluid back out. And I still thought yeah. it was odd, you know. I know it's a robot, you know, whatever. But he puts <laughs> the liquid into his head. You know, yes. And, not like you his know, light it, mouth or even like below something. Just it's like talk about brain freeze if you, had, you did that, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah, and you know Scott just fixed them up uh, up there, so I'm sure liquid can't be too good for all that circuitry and stuff. So <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, what did you? Uh, what's your rating for the episode? Well, it took me a, a big debate, but I actually gave it a four. Uh, I really liked it, but for a while it was actually kind of boring. It was. It took a while to build up to. Uh, to really just pick up the whole episode. Otherwise, it was just kind of, to me, it was just dull. Uh, there's a couple cool things, the animation, but mostly it was just a little dull. Once we got into the action with all the masked vehicles and, and Venom vehicles attacking and stuff, I really liked it then. But uh, I, tried, I I couldn't give it a five. I just didn't feel the I didn't feel the heart in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I actually gave it one lower at a three. I was actually between a two and a three. I was going to give it a, you know, we don't do half points, and I always round up. So <laughs> I was going to give it two and a half, so I ended up rounding up to three. But the good part, I mean, there were some good parts in the episode. I liked the Condor rescue landing on Thunderhawk. That was very creative. Yeah. There was good drama at the commercial break, like we talked about, trapping the mask agents inside the cave. There were some good Venom vehicle transformations with Jack Hammer and also towards the end there was switchblade when it turns into the jet and we see we can almost see right through the cockpit right at viper's mask it was like a, and it had that gold kind of hue right from the uh you're like you're kind of like looking right into uh the viper mask it was that was really cool so the animators they're still improving they're coming up with new stuff each episode which i like and uh I can see why Anna really likes Vanessa because, you know, like I said before, her personality is great in this episode. The the shopping joke with the grenade, you know, that she <laughs> she right. bought, uh, yelling at Dagger for moving Jackhammer when she had a shot at Brad, and then wanting to keep pursuing Mask at the end when uh, Mayhem, you know, calls her off. But I think the bad overwhelmed the good in this episode. I would have liked to seen the crash, like I mentioned before, when Jackhammer and Piranha came together. There was like friendly fire overkill in this episode. Yeah, there was. You had, <laughs> you had the the Thunderhawk, you know, ricochet and hit Condor. You had the Jackhammer and Piranha colliding, and then the the one at the very end was another one where Jackhammer and Piranha were firing at Switchblade. So it was just kind of overkill on the on the friendly fire. And I didn't understand, number one, why the radiation only affected the weapons and not the vehicles. Yeah, you know, if it affects electronics, I mean, it even affected T-Bob. Yeah. So how did it not work? It didn't didn't affect the vehicles. Unless Uh, it doesn't doesn't affect uh, motors. (laughs) Well, something, I don't know. Uh, Number two thing I didn't understand was, you know, Mayhem's plan to disable the surveillance equipment or something. They should have made that a lot better, what his motivation was for getting the scepter right and then number three was you know why some obvious things established in earlier episodes didn't happen with the rhino battering ram grill the stiletto mask instead of viper 
And uh, what the hell happened to Dagger at the end? He, like, disappeared, man. I know. Did you notice that? I know. He's, <laughs> like, like, gone completely. The, yeah, from, like, when they came to the cave, there was just, you know, Vanessa and Rax and uh, Miles. They, like, left him at the scene of the crash or something. And he didn't come back until, like, the very end. I know. So he's, like, gone. I, don't, I was like, I didn't understand that, why they just kind of cut him out of the episode there. But, uh. It was a little too easy to find the city, too, and then assuming Venom would never return, you know, they'd never dare come back, because it was just... Anyway, so I gave it a three. I'm going to leave you to any uh, tie-ins to the script, because I got zero out of this episode. I'm surprised. I've seen at least <laughs> one, and that was when... Uh, okay, enlighten me. That was when they were going caving, because in the script, we have them exploring the the Boulder Hill gas station and initially we have brad and alex uh finding a little crevice and they're getting ready to they're looking at possibly seeing if they can go in or or uh investigate further and uh we later find out that gloria found kind of a back door if you will and they end up and i'm not going to reveal too much but they end up finding a cave uh, a natural cave in behind Boulder Hill gas station, this is what really prompts them into making it their HQ for Mask. True. I did not make that uh, that tie into the episode, but uh, that is true. That's a good spoiler for people listening. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun to kind of put together into the script and and to kind of get the how the origin of uh, Boulder Hill and how that kind of came about as their HQ. Right. But uh, so we have uh, we got a few people that voted this week i apologize i didn't get the the pull up until it was almost too late but we've had six votes one vote for a five three for a four and two for a three so they were people were kind of in our range uh of a four and a three there in the majority and we had one comment from of course our buddy anna right and she says i think this episode is quite good I like the drama when the leader of the Lost City threatens to kill the three of the masked members, and Matt has to work alone against Venom without his weapons working. And again, as always, I like the Vanessa scenes. And we know that, Anna, we know you're like a fanatic over Vanessa. So, uh, But thanks for the comments. We'd like to hear some more comments from all our MassCast listeners. It's all fun, like we've been saying. We enjoy it. We'd like to get more involvement. So if you... Uh, have any comments, good or bad, on our MassCast episodes or watching the, the episodes w- along with us, please share them at our website. And uh, that's Mobile Armored Strike Command Movie, with a K, of course, command, dot blogspot.com. Yes, and people can comment on Facebook, too, because I'm posting up the blog posts automatically, like, auto-post onto Facebook. So if you just want to leave a comment there on Facebook, we'll include that as well. But... We're having fun, yeah. I mean, this is this is fun stuff going back through these episodes one by one. And a little different than when we experienced them when we were kids, but in obviously knowing what we know now, it's uh, we're a little easier to critique them. But uh, it's still all in good fun, and uh, it's we've had a as White always says, we've had a blast uh, kind of going through up through 15 episodes now. So. Right. The next uh, episode we will review, not necessarily on the next mass cast, but once we get back into uh, the episodes, will be episode 16, 
the Golden Goddess, and in this episode, Venom steals golden relics from ancient temples in Singapore, liquefying the gold and then smuggling it by pumping it through a secret pipeline. So that's pretty cool. We're in the works to hopefully do some more special mass cast episodes, and I, we have really nothing set in stone yet. Uh, we're hoping to get some guests back on the show. So be on the lookout for those in the weeks to come. All right. Well, another great mass cast. Number 20 is past, and we've had an exciting time reviewing all these episodes, like Jason said. So we want to thank you for joining and listening to Mass Cast. Mass Cast.